Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to the happy hour. My name is Jamie and I'm your host. Welcome to November as well. It is our first episode of November. Today is November 2nd and we're starting a series. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've tried to do more series at the happy hour and I really, really like it. It gets us more in-depth conversations about topics that all of us care about. And today we're starting a new series all about boundaries. Now, I thought of no better person than to start this series was with my friend, Lisa Turkhurst. Lisa has been on the show before, and in fact, she's one of your favorite guests that we have on the happy hour, and I know why, because she's one of my favorite people. Well, Lisa has a new book. It actually comes out next Tuesday. You can get it now, and it'll be in your mailbox on Tuesday. It's called Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, Loving Others Without Losing the Best of Who You Are. And I had the privilege of reading this book back in the spring and giving an endorsement for it, and I'm telling you, I have recommended this book more than maybe any book this entire year, because boundaries are so difficult. Everyone's trying to figure out what does a boundary look like? How do I make boundaries? And one of the biggest questions as Christian women is, are boundaries okay? Is it unloving? So Lisa comes on today and we answer all of those questions. And then we have three more episodes all about boundaries. You are not going to want to miss out on one of these episodes about boundaries. You guys, this weekend is going to be super extra amazing fun for me. I'm going to be in South Dakota for the very first time, and I'm speaking at a church called Embrace. Super excited. I'll be there Saturday night with their ladies at an event that they're having. So much fun. And then I'll be at their Sunday morning services for all four services. So if you know of Embrace Church in South Dakota, come and say hi to me, and I would love to meet you there. All right, friends, thank you for listening to this episode today. Here's my conversation with my friend, Lisa Turkhurst, all about boundaries. Lisa, welcome back to the happy hour. Thanks, Jamie. It's always so fun to be with you. I'm happy on the happy hour. Well, we've been together for a few days. And we so <laughs> this is a different recording of the happy hour because I'm actually at your house and yes. we've been hanging out for two days. And working. We've been working a lot. Yes, but we've also had a lot of happy. This is how I think all work trips should go. You work real hard for 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, a good six, seven hours. Yeah. And then you play real hard. Yes. 100%. Play games. We played games. You won. I beat you in sequence. I wanted to play again so that I could get revenge, but you and Lindsay won. Yes, we did. Actually, let's be honest. Lindsay carried our team. (laughs) I don't know about that. But, (laughs) But look, teamwork made the dream work in sequence last night teamwork always makes the dream work and i i actually want us to talk about that for just a second in all seriousness um i'm here with you working on some like project stuff for me personally you're a part of that and helping and i have two people with me 
We had meetings where there were, I don't know, six people on a Zoom. You, I mean, we're talking about like 10 people at least. And I think a lot of times people can be intimidated by bringing people into their creative journey. Hmm. You have always inspired me to bring people into a creative journey. Tell me why. Well, part of it is a promise kept to God because I wanted a mentor, somebody to help show me the way, someone to help make connections, just teach me what I need to know when I was getting started. And I couldn't find anyone. And it wasn't because they weren't there. It's because I didn't know how to connect with them. And so I remember telling the Lord, if I ever figure this out, I will help people coming behind me. And um, it's such a great joy to help my fellow author. I don't think I'm going to stand before the Lord one day and the Lord's going to go now how many books did you write Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to be it it's not going to be like how many books did you sell how many people did you reach I don't think that that's going to be it I think it's going to be more like how were you kingdom minded how did you help your fellow authors Mm -hmm. so that you could together reach the world for Christ because when you started as an author you were just kind of figuring things out on your own Oh, I was so trying to figure things out on my own my first book proposals were in purple office max Binders. Oh, that's and cute, Lisa. What is it? <laughs> yeah, nothing sells. Says like I'm. I'm, I'm a, a professional. Like I'm worth investing in <laughs> than a purple Office Max binder, and I think it had some handwriting on it too. Um, nothing wrong with handwriting. Nothing wrong with purple Office Max binders, but probably not the best way to present a book proposal. Plus, at that point. The proposal stunk, <laughs> so it really just didn't have a whole lot going for me, you know. But, but you have you have come back. Look at look at you now. Look at you now, um, Lisa. It's November, and you release a book soon. Your newest book is called "Good Boundaries and Goodbyes: Loving Others Without Losing the Best of Who You Are." And I told you that we have a boundary series that you're kicking off, and I'm super excited about it. And here's why I knew that I wanted to do a whole series around boundaries because. I I read your book early. I loved it. Obviously, it's so, so good. Um, But when I finished it, I thought, I want to talk about this more. Mm. And I'm glad that you're leading the charge here with this first episode today. So we have a couple more coming up. But I think I want to start with you about this, is that you've been on the show two other times. Yes. Both times were around um, a book that you'd written. Um, It's not supposed to be this way. Yes. And then forgiving what you can't forget. Yes. And then this one, good boundaries and goodbyes. I joked to you that it was like a little trilogy that you had going on. Uh, The unfortunate personal situation is when you started that, it's not supposed to be this way. You would, this is not what you foresaw. You didn't see this in your future. No. But I do want to know why good boundaries and goodbyes is following up forgiving what you can't forget. Well, I wrote a chapter about boundaries in forgiving what you can't forget. And that chapter really seemed to resonate with a lot of people. Um, But also, I discovered in my own personal life that I needed to work on boundaries. And I really needed to get to the root issue of why I was having a hard time drawing boundaries with people. And one of the things that I discovered is I wasn't trying to keep other people happy just for the sake of keeping them happy and keeping the peace. 
You know, people pleasing is not just about pleasing someone else. It's about keeping that other person happy enough to still give me what I feel I desperately need from that person. Now, I'm not saying that's other people's issues, but sometimes when we peel back the layer and get honest with ourselves, we start to see stuff. And mm-hmm. I started to see stuff. And so while I would have said, you know, I'm just a people pleaser, mm-hmm. that wasn't really true. I did please people, but it was because I was afraid that if I didn't please them or if I disappointed them or heaven's sakes, if I drew a boundary with them, that they may reject me, walk away from me or stop providing what I felt like only they could provide and make me feel okay in this world. So I had to work on that and working on that led me to working on boundaries and working on boundaries led me to another crucial issue and that is i didn't have the confidence that it was okay for a christian to draw boundaries it's so interesting because as i've been talking with a couple people about this book that you have going on a lot of people not a lot everyone has said the same thing to me are you ready Mm -hmm. and i know you've heard it and that's why you wrote this everyone has said i show with boundaries because i don't know if it's okay to set boundaries Mm. like aren't I supposed to be like Jesus and lay my life down for others and and love everyone and welcome everyone? And so I think what I want to hear from you is where is that distinction as a follower of Jesus between like lay your life down for for those that you love versus getting walked all over and and you know I'm going to use the word abuse and I don't mean physical abuse in this moment but really getting abusive relationship in that moment or at least dysfunctional relationship very dysfunctional for sure well I'm glad you brought that verse up because um when Jesus laid down his life he did it for a high and holy purpose he did not lay down his life to enable bad behavior to continue i mean that right there is a whole misunder misuse i should say of that scripture in this instance Mm -hmm. we can't enable bad behavior and call it love and i think what i felt for so long was this i I felt like to be long-suffering and to continue to allow people access to me always believing the best about them always trying to encourage them rather than address the hard issues you know i thought that that was the noble christian thing to do now is being long-suffering good and godly it can be sure yeah is um you know forgiving people and if they repent you know and and make strides to reconcile is that good it can be But there was another part of it for me. I I was enabling bad behavior and I was calling it love. Mm. And love should be what draws us together, not what tears us apart. And in some of the relationships that I was in, that love was tearing me yeah. apart. And it didn't match God's definition of love when I really dug into what does it mean to love one another, Mm -hmm. it means seek each other's highest good. And if you want mental health, mental health is a commitment to reality at all cost. So if you're committed to reality and seeking someone else's highest good, enabling them, it's not included in that. It's not included. 
If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. I want to go back to what you said earlier, and then I want to go a different way. But you talked about how setting boundaries would mean you would not get something from them uh, that you yes, wanted. Yes. And so I... And before we go any further, let's just state like state the obvious here. This is boundaries in all relationships. Like this is not just um, an unhealthy 
uh, romantic relationship. It could be with your sister, with your neighbor, with your child, any kind of human relationship. So there's just, we're going to set that there. But you talked about how setting boundaries would mean you would lose something from them that you wanted. Can you explain that and maybe give us an example? Yeah, well, in the most severe situation, maybe you fear if you draw a boundary that that person will reject you, that that person may walk away from you, that that person may ghost you, that that person may shove you away. Um, And so what I learned in that scenario, though, is if I'm afraid that someone's going to reject me, that person has a high likelihood that whether I draw a boundary or not, they're eventually going to reject me. So that trying to trying to prevent them from rejecting me is that shouldn't be my goal. Mm -hmm. Like trying to keep them happy should not be my definition of healthy. You know, I think so many people live right there. They do. They're just running around. I got to manage everyone else's happiness. Yes. And or manage, manage their perceptions of Mm -hmm. me. You know, that was another big one for me. So maybe I'm not afraid that that person is going to reject me. Maybe I'm afraid that that person will think poorly of me. Right. That person will be so disappointed in me. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, I would say I would rather carry the weight of doing whatever it is that they are asking of me then carry the weight of their disappointment right but what i didn't realize is in doing that i was perpetuating some patterns in the relationship tolerating things that i shouldn't be tolerating and never giving myself permission to say no Mm. Never giving myself permission to say, this is what I will accept and this is what I will not accept. This is what's okay and this is what is not okay. This is what I'm willing to give and this is what I am no longer willing to give. And I think those things are very crucial in order to reach a healthy equilibrium in a relationship. I'm convinced more relationships die not because we attempt to have the hard conversations, but more relationships die because we refuse to have these kinds of defining conversations. And when we refuse to have these kinds of defining conversations, it tears the relationship Mm. apart. I wonder if there is, and I'm just wondering if you found this out, if it was, if it's harder, do you believe for women to create boundaries or for men to create boundaries? That is such a good question. You know, I have my own opinion. Okay, well, let's dive into this because I wonder if on the surface, it seems like it's harder for women to draw boundaries, but I almost think it has more to do with the wiring of the individuals because I know plenty of men who struggle with people pleasing as well. For sure, for sure. And I think it also changes in like the workplace, the corporate world, or you're going to bring a ministry aspect into it. I think a lot of those Or even within a family system. Exactly, yeah. You know, one thing that I heard as I was getting people's feedback Mm -hmm. um, and even asking questions on social media, like where do your boundaries fall apart? Yeah. Um, One thing that people said is, I know I need boundaries, but that's my mom. Or exactly. I know I need boundaries, but that's my sister. You know, I know I need boundaries, but that's my spouse. Mm -hmm. I know I need boundaries, but that's my next door neighbor. I know I need boundaries, but that's my best friend. Or my job, or I've committed to this PTA thing. Yes, Yes. yeah. And so what I encourage people to do in that situations is to acknowledge I have a case of the yeah buts. Okay. 
So what the yabbits are is, yeah, but it's my mom. Yeah, but it's my best friend. Okay, so that's the yabbits. Mm -hmm. And for a minute, not in a disrespectful way, but just in a way for you to process, remove the title from that person, set it on a shelf. We're not stripping that person of that title. They're still going to be your mom, best friend, whatever. Push it away for a second. Yeah. So we're just going to remove it for a second, set it on a shelf. Now, look at the situation as if that person is just a regular person in your life and think about what boundaries do you need based on some of the dynamics that are happening in that relationship. And then once you decide these are the boundaries that I would normally draw if this was just a regular person, now put that title of who they are back on it and negotiate with yourself the responsibilities that may come because like if that's your boss, you have certain responsibilities to continue to work. But you also have the opportunity to communicate what you will and will not tolerate if there's a toxic dynamic Mm -hmm. or a dysfunctional pattern in that relationship. So, you know, that's going to be really important for people to not say, yeah, I know I need boundaries, but I can't do it with this person. You can. You can. And you're already doing it really well. Okay, tell them how we're already doing it well. Because, I I mean, it's such a great point because people think I'm terrible at boundaries. And then... You're like, no, you do it sometimes. Yes. Okay. So let's just say with your boss, let's just say with your, even your best friend. Okay. Jamie, do you have a bank account? Yes, I do. Okay. Do you have a security code, passcode on your bank account? Yes, I do. Okay. Is that because you're selfish? No, I think I just should to be safe. Okay. And and what what is it about it that you need to keep safe? My money. Okay. Why? Why do you need to keep your money safe? Because if someone took it, I couldn't pay my bills and my family would not function well. Right. And you don't have an unlimited supply. No, money does not grow on trees. Okay. I mean, if money is unlimited for you, then I do want your passcode right sure. now. And we'll, <laughs> we'll give it out to all yes, the happy exactly. hour yeah. Okay. But here's the thing. You, you are a very generous person. And at the same time, you still have boundaries. So mm-hmm. it is possible to still be incredibly kind, incredibly generous, incredibly caring about other people and recognize that your bank account has limitations. Yep. Therefore, you have a passcode so that you can keep the amount of money that you have safe. Now you may choose to give someone money, but you are not gonna give everyone free access. So what that passcode represents is, I cannot give everyone free access to my bank account because I don't know if they will be responsible with that kind of access. I don't know if they will take so much that then I can't pay the bills that I'm responsible Mm -hmm. for, right? And so those words are really important, access and responsibility. So how you're already doing this really well is you know this with your bank account. Yeah. But we forget it when Mm -hmm. it comes to our emotional capacity. Yeah. With our financial capacity, we get it. With our emotional capacity, that's where things often fall apart. I remember hearing you, we had the privilege to go to Alaska together this summer, and you were talking about boundaries. And one of the things that really stuck out to me is what you're talking about right now is how we give people 
we get the access and responsibility. Tell me if I'm messing this up. We get the access and responsibility backwards. Yeah, or we we get it out of um, equilibrium. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like when someone gives more access, but they have less responsibility, that's yes. not okay. Yeah, so when you give someone level 10 access, right. they need to bring level 10 responsibility to, to the relationship, kind of access. Right? So, you know, it's like within the confines of a marriage, like you and Aaron are married, Therefore, you can give him level 10 access to you physically Mm -hmm. because he knows how to be responsible with that kind of physical access to you. You're not going to give that kind of physical access to somebody that bumps into you at Target today because that would be highly inappropriate. But also, you don't know if that person's going to be responsible Mm -hmm. and they haven't committed to you like Aaron has committed to you. Yeah. So again, we know this with certain aspects of our life, but when we give level 10 access to someone and they only bring level three responsibility, then the the distance between your level 10 access and their level three responsibility is gonna start creating some dysfunction and chaos in the relationship. And where there's chaos, there's usually an absence of necessary boundaries. So pay attention to the chaos areas of your life. Mm-hmm. And if you dig around in those, chances are um, you're going to probably find that there's a lack of boundaries there. But yeah. so if that person is healthy, then you can have a conversation with them and say, hey, I'm giving you level 10 access here. So therefore, right now you're only bringing level three responsibility and you know what we can both own this because we've never had this conversation so i want to have a conversation to explain to you or just to inform you Um, my counselor always says adults inform children explain i like it so uh-huh. I'm trying to... I'm going to inform you. Yeah, so if my counselor's listening, <laughs> I got it. Okay? There you go, Jim. So I'm going to inform you of what you need to do to lift up that responsibility to match the level of access I'm giving you. And if that person's healthy, they may say, great. And maybe that's all it needs is just a conversation. But if that person is unwilling or incapable of anything beyond a level three access, you can try really hard to using external pressure, put a boundary on them to try to control something about them or get them to change. But this is where boundaries often fall apart, is that when we try to put a boundary on another person to get them to change, guess what? Lasting change will not happen just using external pressure. If they themselves inside their own heart don't decide that that change is necessary, then you constantly trying to make them change, is it not going to work? It's a disaster. It's a disaster. So imagine today if you had a cardiac event, Jamie, Mm -hmm. and I did CPR on, on you. I could, for a little while, sustain your life using external force, external pressure by giving you CPR. But if your heart doesn't quicken and start to beat on its own, your life is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Never have you seen seen two friends walking around a mall, one doing chest compressions (laughs) on the other person and said, oh, that's a good idea. Uh Right. You know, that works Mm -hmm. because it doesn't work. So putting a boundary on another person to try to force them to change is usually the mistake when people say boundaries don't work for me it's usually because that's what they've tried and that doesn't work we cannot change change in external circumstances so if again you're giving them level 10 access they're only bringing level three responsibility if you can't 
force them or make them change to bring level 10 responsibility, they're staying at a level three, then you must put a boundary in that situation and on yourself to reduce the access you give them down to level three, which is the demonstrated responsibility that they are giving to you and bringing to the relationship. So that's where I think a lot of people have misunderstood boundaries. You don't put a boundary on another person. You draw a boundary in your own life for what's within your control. And what's within your control is you. You are within your control. And so you have the ability to reduce the access. And that's going to look different in different scenarios. And relationships are complicated, way more complicated than this and way more nuanced than this. But have that picture in your mind. And I think that's a great place to start thinking, where have I given so much access and, and not required enough responsibility? That was really helpful for me when I heard you teach on that this summer because I could see the 10 and, and the, the levels going up and down. And I think that's even when we talk about, we'll talk specifically about women struggling with feeling bad for bringing that access down. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of mom, sister, wife, friend brings access down and so i want to ask you with using that same kind of idea in your mind when was it or what was it or what stage of your journey did you start to go i'll only make it if i bring my access down because Mm -hmm. i assume it might have been hard in the beginning because you you tell us that it was hard yeah so during the writing of the boundaries book and and even before that um i I was learning a lot about boundaries and I was watching one of two things happen in relationships. Either drawing boundaries was creating an opportunity for that relationship to get healthier and some of my relationships got so much healthier because of appropriate healthy boundaries. Or because of my boundaries, the relationship got more and more and more challenging Mm. and at at some point my marriage got to the place where i had to admit this is no longer sustainable and that was the most crushing admission that i've probably ever ever made well when i think about it just as your friend like i've seen you for years work and work and work and work and what and to use the language you're using today i would imagine that working was lowering access and requiring responsibility and and doing boundaries and stuff and like you said you can't make someone rise up Mm -hmm. to the access and so i've watched you do that for a long time um and so you know the second part of your book is good boundaries and goodbyes Mm -hmm. and that's another hard thing for people to kind of grasp of like Am I walking out on something? Like, and so I think I want to hear from you just personally. I think a lot of people would appreciate this. No one ever assumes that goodbyes are flippant. I, I think that mm-hmm. most people would be like, that must be really hard. I don't think anyone is looking at their friend and going, you're a flippant friend. You don't even care. But I think on the flip side of that, also in our own hearts, we don't want to give up on things. Right. We don't want to say goodbye to things. And so I want to hear from you. How do you know? And again, I imagine you're going to start with, well, it's different for everyone, but I do want to know, how do you know when it is time to say goodbye to something? Well, I'll just speak for myself how I knew the responsibility had gotten reduced down to zero. So the responsibility of, you know, caring for me 
telling the truth. Um, And we had agreed upon boundaries. Like you had brought boundaries to the table. Yes. Here's what it is. Yes. And we had, in in a moment of help and clarity, we had both agreed to these boundaries. Which I think is so great in people thinking about their relationships. Yes. Is to have that inform and have that conversation yes and everyone go yeah that sounds awesome yeah and we even had a counselor help us because part of what we were doing was a past we were trying to heal from a past infidelity and especially for me trying to deal with the fact that there that my husband was unfaithful that was just so painful it's a big barrier yeah yeah and so trust is a fragile thing to rebuild and um, trust really can only be built time plus believable behavior. So the boundaries that we set with the help of a counselor that we both agreed upon were really a lot to reestablish trust. Yeah. And when those boundaries were crossed, those boundaries were violated, um, I, I started to recognize this other person is not bringing the responsibility that we had agreed to. And so as this person brought less and less and less responsibility, I was still trying desperately to give them level access, a level of access that, that's necessary in a marriage. Yeah. And um, eventually I had to acknowledge that the complete lack of responsibility um, required a lack of access. Mm-hmm. And so there was a separation and in the state that we live in um it, it the state basically says you have to be separated a year and a day and so what i decided to do for that year and a day of separation is i decided to just take my hands off and um and not be the buffer between this person and the natural consequences of their choices um to completely turn them over to the Lord and to recognize I can be a wife, but I cannot be a savior. Mm-hmm. And so I really prayed that during that year that I would see a big turnaround and um, that did not happen. The opposite actually mm-hmm. happened. And, um, and again, it was a crushing blow. But at the end of that year, and with the help again of a counselor that had been with me for years and had really helped um, me see that this was no longer sustainable. Um, I I finally reached the place where I, I said, you know, Lisa, you're not walking away. You're not giving up you are accepting reality. Mm. And if mental health is a commitment to reality at all costs, you accepting reality is crucial so that you can stay healthy enough to survive this crushing reality. Mm. And it was not easy. It was devastating. It's been two years and um, I still grieve the death of my marriage. And that's really what I call a divorce. I call it a death of a marriage. Mm -hmm. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. 
Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. You know, I think back and you've said you've done so much work on this and that's one of my favorite things about you is I know the work that you put into every project that you have. Um, and I want to talk to people younger than you and I, okay? We won't tell our ages on here, but we're both very young. Both of us are. But let's go a little bit younger. Let's go into our, our friends in their late 20s, early 30s, wherever that might look like. And I kind of want to ask you this of like, what do you wish that you... And I'm not talking about with just your marriage. I'm talking about just in life in general. Mm-hmm. What do you know now about boundaries that you look back and go, okay, that is the that is like one of the main things that would have been so helpful for me in, mm-hmm. in my early, either early marriage, early friendships, college, whatever it might be for you. I wish I had paid better attention to red flags. Okay. Because what I've noticed about... Um, myself and I have to I, I'm able to catch myself now and I think maturity has mm-hmm. helped a lot with that but when I look back in my 20s and 30s I I saw red flags but I would tilt my head and go huh is that really red right and I wouldn't acknowledge that it was a red flag until it was a full-on fire yep and I was getting burned and then mm-hmm. I finally go huh that was kind of that red. was a flag yeah. <laughs> yeah it was kind of red now that, that I think red, about it <laughs> actually <laughs> yeah. um and so paying attention to red flags it that's so important and if we can't um do it on our own because maybe we're already so emotionally invested sure. in a relationship that you know they say love makes you blind mm-hmm. um I, I don't really know that I completely agree with that. I think love makes you more eager to give excuses when you shouldn't give excuses. To call it pink when it's really red. Exactly. Yeah. Or to tell another person who is trying to care for you, um, to tell them what you know will make this situation look better, but leave out the parts that are the real reality of Mm -hmm. the situation. And so one thing I noticed about myself, um, or I I can look back and notice about myself in my 20s and 30s, is that I had a propensity to lessen who I am in order to cover up for someone else. So I would... You were going to take the blame? or Yeah, I, I would diminish the best of who I am to cover up for the worst of who this person was. Wow. And and how that would play out is, you know, it's a good quality to believe the best about someone. Mm-hmm. But how it would play out is I would, I would fall in love with a version of this person built on potential, not built on reality. And because I have such a propensity to believe the best about other people, which is not a bad quality, but anything to an extreme mm-hmm. is not good. Yeah. And so I would so believe the best about this person that I would fall in love with their potential and, and have a hard time accepting reality. And I honestly did think, 
just give me enough time. Mm. I'm so positive. I can pray enough. I can give enough. I can do enough. I can sacrifice enough. And surely this other person will change. And guess what? You can do and do and do and pray and pray and pray. And those things are noble and good. But unless that person wants to change, you cannot change another person. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking I've met a lot of parents who would be in the situation with a child, maybe with addiction or or whatever it might be. And they would probably, and I've heard some of them say, we saw some things, but you want to think that it's your kid. You like think the best. And so I think as we wrap this up, I want to ask you, you're on the other side of this in some ways that you're, I mean, I don't want to act like you're like, oh, you're on the other side and your life is the best it's ever been. It might be, I don't know. What do you think? You know, Jamie, I think I didn't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. You know, I think I will always grieve the loss of a 30 year marriage. I understand. And yet at the same time, I have accepted that reality and I've decided that this one incredible, beautiful life that I've been entrusted with, um, it's not over. Like that was, that was something that marked me, the death of my marriage, but it will not define me. And so I can acknowledge it. And you know what's interesting? I can tell that I'm healing when I can, with my kids, look at old scrapbooks and not fall apart and get so triggered that I can't even acknowledge, hey, that day 10 years ago, that was a happy day. Mm -hmm. And I can still call it a happy day, even though what happened next was really excruciating. So I do think I'm getting a lot better. I think I'm getting stronger. Um, what's next for me in my personal life? I think I know where you're going with the question <laughs> because it's the question everyone wants to ask. Everyone's asking and no one's asking. And everybody's tipping, tiptoeing around it. Um, I am unsure if I am ready to date again. Like, it's been a hot minute. Yeah. The last time that <laughs> I went on a date, there were no, like, there was no social media. Uh, yeah. There was no texting. Right. There there was barely, I don't even think there were cell phones. And there may have been bag phones, right. you know, or yeah. something. Yeah. Remember, it's I a new day. Yeah. And so, we, I mean, it was like answering machines. Right. Like, yeah. You know, you'd you run home. home and, you see the number. Yes. And push, check yeah. the answer machine. Yeah. Um, so I'm giving myself permission to take it very slow um, and be thoughtful and considerate about what I need, but most of all, be honest that like, yeah, I think that I'm ready for that or no, I'm not. And just have great compassion for myself. I've been through a lot. And um, so, of course, do I one day hope to have this epic redemption love story? (laughs) What girl doesn't that's in a situation like me? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so grateful for everything you just said, even before talking about personal life, just the encouragement to give someone about how you feel right now on the other side. When we hear that and we're not yet on the other side, it can bring so much hope to us. Mm -hmm. And so I know there's people listening who are, in they have drawn the boundaries they have done the things they have lowered the access and they're now the next step is a goodbye and i just don't want anyone to think that you or i think that's not a big deal and it is a big deal that's why in the book good boundaries and goodbyes i 
do a lot of heavy lifting from a theological standpoint to not only give you biblical competence about boundaries and help you see even from the beginning of time when when god created the foundations of this world he used boundaries he told the sea you can come this far and no more and this is where the dry land he separated the light and the darkness and then in his very first conversation that he that's recorded with man of all the topics he could have chosen mm-hmm. and there's a lot of topics god yeah. could have covered he chose the topic of a boundary for the sake of freedom because when we know our boundary lines then real freedom can happen we can run free within those boundary lines and not only did i do a lot of heavy lifting to give you biblical confidence around boundaries that boundaries are not just a good idea they're actually god's idea but me and my theological team we did a lot of work around goodbyes and i think it will give you a lot of confidence to not say the goodbye too quickly to not say a goodbye flippantly but when a necessary goodbye is in front of you to know how to do it biblically and and to have the confidence that it's okay it's okay well you guys this book comes out in about seven days and you should pre-order i'm going to end this conversation before i ask you one more question but i'm gonna read what i said about your book yeah jamie this is exciting okay you ready so this is what i read it i read it this summer i think i sent you a picture where i was reading i was in the airport and i cannot remember what airport i was in which it doesn't matter but i was just trying to remember and i was reading at the airport okay i said this once again lisa does what she does best by gently guiding us through something hard that all of us will have to make decisions about boundaries and our relationships if you are like me these conversations about boundaries make me nervous and fearful i should have added and give me sweaty armpits <laughs> <laughs> in good boundaries and goodbyes lisa uses her own journey as an encouragement to us all i finished the last page of this book and cried true story uh, tears of encouragement and hope for those relationships that i know will be healthier after having some hard conversations about boundaries thank you lisa for helping us everyone needs this book that's one of the best endorsements well, I've ever true. gotten. And you know, you were talking about the hard conversations. I'm so sensitive to that too. So throughout the book, I acknowledge that having the boundary conversations are going to be challenging and hard. So I wrote out scripts and it's not like you show up with your book and open page 27 and be like, I have a script that I yes. need to read you because this conversation is too hard for me to think of my Like you words. read the script and it's I, Lisa, I mean, I, Jamie. Yes. So, but I do think when people attempt to have the conversations around boundaries, that's sometimes where it falls apart. Yeah. So these scripts are... Um, are meant not to tell you what to think and what to say, but to give you a lot to think about when you have those conversations. And certainly, if you need to use my scripts, you have permission to. Just put your name in there, guys. <laughs> um, and one more thing I want to say about this book is um, that Lisa brought in her personal counselor, Jim, to come in and he, he kind of ties the bows at the end of them. And you're going to hear Jim on the happy hour uh, in a couple weeks as well. And so I really enjoyed that part as well, getting just this other viewpoint. All right, Lisa, I need to know, what are you reading these days? Jamie wants to know, Jamie wants to know, we want to know what you're reading. Okay, well, I have been going through some transition at Proverbs for Doing Ministries. I'm actually super excited <laughs> about this. Um, so we just named Meredith Brock 
as the new CEO of Congratulations, Meredith. And I'm continuing to be uh, um, the president and the CVO, which is Chief Visionary Officer. But um, Meredith and I, and really our whole staff, have been um, looking into this business book called Dual Transformation. And I have found it completely fascinating. So that's kind of a boring I would have never, ever thought you were going to come with a business book. I know, right? Yeah. Normally, I would not. Now, I um, really appreciate it, though. Okay. The leadership. Yes. But if that's not going to float your boat. It floats my boat. It's fine. Okay. Um, There is this other book I read. Okay. Totally not Christian. And I cannot recommend it because (laughs) there are lots of parts of it that that, you know, bumped Uh into my theology. Right. But the writing is so fascinating. And the exploration of the chemistry of love and connection, it just blew my mind how talented this writer is. And so again, I'm not recommending you read this book, except I sort of am. (laughs) I was like, are you gonna tell us? Lessons in Chemistry. Okay. This author is a first time author. Now she's been a copywriter for a long time. I believe she's in her 60s. I apologize if I'm getting that wrong. Um, But she's an incredibly talented writer and it will give you a lot to think about. If you're a strong Christian, you will not agree with the Mm -hmm. worldview that she has. Um, But excellent writing. I love it. It's a fiction book. I love it. Well, Lisa, thanks for coming on back on the happy hour. You're so welcome, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Executive produced by Jamie Ivy, produced by Lindsay Sweeney, edited by Angie Elkins, show notes by Ashley Miner, art by Jen Jet Barrett, original music by Matt Graham, and I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 